Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We come before your throne. Let us find mercy and let us find grace to help us in our time of need. We need you every minute of every hour. And we thank you, Lord, that you are there for us at all times. Let us never forget it. And we thank you for it. And we bless you. Open up our eyes, our ears, our understanding. Soften our hardened hearts, Father. Let this word penetrate us and get into the nooks and crannies where we where we need help. So we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. The word penetrates. It's alive. It's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. So it will get into the nooks and the crannies. Uh, and, and weed out those things that, that are not like God. So this word is everything to us. Amen. Jesus is the living word. So praise God. So I thought we would talk today about, uh, life in the word. There is life in God's word. Amen. I guess I stole that from Joyce Meyer, but she doesn't use it anymore. I don't know what she calls her program now, but I remember when, when that little thing with logo would come up on the screen and you knew your girl Joyce would go whoop everybody. <laughs> that was so funny. I think, uh, Kenneth Copeland, uh, he and his, uh, his wife are motorcycle riders. And I guess they were going on a long motorcycle ride. So, uh, Sister Gloria had gotten some Joyce Meyer teachings. They were cassettes at that time and they had, uh, you know, I guess earphones or whatever that they shared and listened. And so what the first leg of the, the trip was over and they went, took a break and they were going to go back again. And she put Joyce Meyer and said, now wait a minute, Gloria. Girl, <laughs> he said, that woman fussed me out all the way down here. She go fuss me out all the way back. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, it's necessary, you know, so yeah, so it's, it's good. It really is good. So it's good for us to get fussed out by the word of God. So anyway, praise God. But if you'll turn to Psalm 119, <clears throat> we'll get started there. Psalm 119 and verse 50. This is a King James. It says, this is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. Amen. Um, the NIV says, translates it, thy word has given me life, or your word preserves my life. And I like that because when you think about it, there is preservation in God's word. Amen. One of the examples I always that, that always comes to my mind when I think about it uh, is the story of Joshua and Caleb. Uh, they were part of the 12 spies that went out to uh, spy the land. That, that means to evaluate and to see it with your own eyes, to confirm what God had told them about it. So many times people think that their job, when, when God tells you something, when he gives you something, he expects you to believe his word because his word is true. Amen. And when he, when he allows you the opportunity to validate his word, you're merely going to confirm what he's already told you. You, you're not going to critique what he said and see 
ten of the spies didn't know that. They went and they came back and critiqued what God told them. Well, you think about it. If God's telling you the truth all the time, what is there to critique? And the fact that he lets you see it with your own eyes is a blessing. So you go there to validate. And what happened was they went there and they saw what God told them was there. They came back and say, yeah, we, we know that. We, we see that. She said, but, but, so here's some, comes a critique part. And see, this is why God doesn't give us a lot of details. Now, in that dispensation, they were allowed to validate, confirm. They were allowed to do a lot of things because they didn't have the indwelling Holy Spirit. We must live by the Spirit. So the your indwelling Holy Spirit confirms with a witness on the inside of you that what God's telling you is true. So you don't have to see nothing. You've seen everything you need to see by his word. Amen. Because we, we live by what's on the inside, not what we see on the outside. Because what God expects us to do because of the power that is in his word and the authority he's given us, he expects us to look at what's out here and change it by what's in here. You got me? And so he's not looking for a bunch of critics to come and say whether they believe that's true or not, whether they believe this. You know, you see people say all kind of crazy things. I thought we had killed that devil about women can't preach, you know, so many years ago. And then the world is smarter than we are. They, they've had a women's movement. People in the centers and had a movement where they've allowed women to do extraordinary things that they weren't allowed to do. Because of barriers in their education, barriers in employment, all kinds of barriers, they found out, oh, hey, women are pretty competent after all. You understand what I'm saying? But you still see idiots talking about, well, God don't make women apostles, and God don't make women this, and that God, well, well, it's a good thing he don't ask you before he calls people. Praise God he don't care about your opinion about nothing. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we're not allowed to critique the word, folks. We're not allowed to argue with God about things. His word's already settled. He's spoken once he speaks. He means for that word to hold up. Listen, the sun and the moon got more sense than people. Because every morning God tells them, get up. They get up and obey and stay up there until he said go to sleep. Or you move over here, let him have some room. You go to bed now for right now. They totally obey God's word. Amen. But people want to argue with everything. So the, the ten spies came back and gave what the Bible refers to as an evil report. Why is it evil? Because it criticizes the word of God. Anything contrary to the word of God is evil. Why? Guess where it comes from? Uh, the devil. Amen. So I give you a hint. The devil. Amen. So that's why it's an evil report. Anything that tells you that God's not going to heal you or he hasn't healed you or he's not going to take care of your family, your finances, bless you, whatever, it's evil. Amen. It's not an opinion. It's evil. Amen. So we live by the word of God. If you'll stick with the word of God, it'll preserve you. It'll help you. It'll do everything. It'll bring everything into your life good that you need. But we have to respect the word. We got to honor the word. We got to put our faith and our trust in it. So 
the ten spies caused that whole nation not to go up and conquer the land God had given them. So guess what? If you don't move forward, guess what you do? You go around in circles. Amen. And they kept marching. They thought they were making progress. They kept marching around that mountain. It's like, you know, did not pass this. Yeah, you did pass that before. About 365 times already you passed that. Amen. And and they walked and they walked and they walked. And you know what? As rebellious people, God still took care of them. Don't ever not pray for somebody. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't ever mark somebody off your list that God won't answer, that God won't bless. You don't know what God going to do. Amen? Because you ain't him. We got to remember who we are. Amen? We're nothing without him. You're in God, but you're subject to Him. You don't, you don't have any authority and power that you can wield on your own outside of God. Remember that. So you're subject to Him like everybody else. You gotta meet with His approval. Amen? And so those people caused, caused the, the more than 80% of the nation of Israel to lose out. And their clans, their descendants, all of their, their children, died on that mountain just walking around the mountain why because they they said what god said was not true and god hates that amen he hates it when people dispute him it hates it and he'll have mercy on us he'll come and try and straighten us out amen and help us but we're not going to move forward until we believe him but the two men that went up and spied the land and said what god said is true we're well able to go up and take this land. Let's go take it now. Those those people that live there, even though they're large, they're not too large for God. So let's go do it. But they were outnumbered. But 40 years later, guess what? Those two were still alive. And they were, God had preserved not just their lives, but he had preserved their strength. It was like time meant nothing. So that word, the fact that they believe God and continue to believe God kept them healthy, strong. They were just as able and youthful as they were 40 years ago. They lost nothing. Amen. So let me tell you one thing. I don't care how wicked the world gets. It won't diminish what you get from God if you believe God. If you trust him, you serve him, you do what he tells you to do. I don't care what wicked people are doing. They are not going to keep you away from what God has for you. You just keep believing. You keep serving. You keep doing what you know is right. Get up every morning and say, God, I'm I'm trusting you. What do you want me to do? Amen. Instead of looking for something for you all the time, find out what he's about. Find out what he might want you to do. Amen. And and do those things. Allow God to use you, even in small things. You know, it doesn't take a lot to please God. You know, because he does everything. What what do we? What can we do that would impress him? Just obey him. Do what. Be on call to do what he needs you to do. Help people, love people, be concerned about people, get up and move. Don't just talk about, oh, um, you know, that's just so bad. Now, oh, yes, this is this, this is, yeah, this is your opinion, but start praying and asking God, well, God, what can I do to change things? What can I do in my little world to alleviate of what's going on? What is my role to play? 
It'll shock you. He'll give you a lot of things that he needs you to do for him. Amen. Every day you can be about doing something that God desires for you to do. So Psalm 119.15 says, your word, he said, this is my comfort. Amen. This is my comfort when I'm downtrodden. This is my comfort when I'm afflicted. This is my comfort when I'm in trouble. This is my comfort, your word. Your word provides a, a relaxing bed for me, a, a big lazy boy recliner. Uh, that's, that's what you, you can relax in God's word like that. Amen. I prove it every day. First thing I had for is my little recliner. And I wasn't a big, big on recliners. Well, yes, I was. I take them back. I was trying to think what it, what did I used to lay my weary bones on before I had to recliner? I remember my late husband, he had the recliner. Oh, yeah, I had that big chaise. <laughs> it was like a bed. Oopsie, sorry about that. But that that was my symbol of the word. I got in the word when I got home every time. But but you need comfort. When you, when you have worked all day long or you've been shopping all day long, whatever you do that, that uses your energy, you want to come home to comfort. Think about the word as being that. You have that with you all the time. Amen. You know, people look at you and say, what's that big recliner behind you? Oh, girl, that's my word. Uh, the word is following me everywhere. I, this, that's my word. I don't go nowhere without that word on me. Amen. And let that be your comfort when, when things are against you, when bad news, it comes to everybody. When bad news comes to you, that word will comfort you. You can think, Oh, now wait a minute. This, this isn't, it's not what it appears to be. It, by his stripes, we are healed. Amen. It, you know, sometimes you might get a call. One of your children is, is, you know, at work. They had to leave work early or something like that. And it, you think that word comes to you out of the, the riches of your heart, out of the riches of your spirit. That word will come up inside of you and start ministering to your mind. And it'll tell you, you know what? You don't have a thing to worry about because God is already at work in that. Then the Bible says before we call, he answers. While we're yet speaking, he shows up. Amen. He shows up in those situations where where we can't get there and we can't see what's going on. All of that. And that's the power of his word. That's your comfort. Amen. You grab that word as something to reassure you, something to let you know. God is working. There's still hope. There's still help. Help is on the way. Help is here. Amen. All of those things that that word that that you grab that when you when you need some grab that word. Amen. Don't go calling somebody trying to find out vain is the help of man. Amen. That what the word says. So God will even if men are 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 man is capable of helping you. God won't let him sometimes if he doesn't want you asking people and doesn't want you depending on. He knows what he wants you to do. He wants you to get real help. Amen. Because people can tell you no in a minute or get sick of you calling and let you know it by the tone of, yeah, I'll be there. You know, that kind of stuff. And it's like, oops. 
don't bother. You know what I'm saying? And so, but you can always depend on God. And if he, you need a person there, he'll send the right person to you. Amen. He'll send somebody with money. That woke everybody up. Don't send me no broke somebody for no help. With well wishes. Be healed, be feel, bless you, keep going. Uh, 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 uh. Send that to me. Amen. But he'll send you the help that you need. Amen. And so this is, this is the thing that word will do everything for us, folks. It's a life saver, a life preserver. It's your comfort when you're in trouble. When you're afflicted, and in really affliction, that talks about any kind of trouble. Most people think about that as physical trouble. But if it's physical trouble to you, you know if you begin to meditate on God's word that you're healed, that pain will ease. I don't care what it's from. Amen. Pain is from hell. You ain't going to hell. So you can rebuke that. That's not your portion. You can make it stop with the word of God. And he would say, I tried it, try it again. Quit trying it and do it. <laughs> do it like you mean it. Amen. We know the difference. Amen. And so with whatever it is, that, that word is your comfort. That God, I'm not, I'm not in, in such dire straits that I won't get help from you. This, this sickness is not unto death. I will recover. You said that the sick would recover. You're always recovering. But the doctor said they don't know nothing. They guessing just like everybody else is. Oh, they know what they learned in medical school, but they don't know what goes on by the spirit. They don't know what you're going through. Amen. They don't understand your case. <laughs> your, your case is different. Amen. It's already settled what's coming to you. So we got to be that way. You got to be adamant about God's word. You got to be sold on the word. You can't be wishy-washy about it. And you can't use the word sometime and then want to get in the flesh the next time. It doesn't work like that. Amen. You got to be totally, totally sold on the word of God and use that word as much as you know. Now, when you don't know, you don't know, but seek to find out. Amen. That's what seeking is all about. We want to find out what God's word will do for us and how it works in our lives. So it's the word that you believe and that you obey that really does everything for you, that will preserve your life, that will heal your body, that will help you and help you get beyond affliction. There are no results coming from God's word if it is not believed and if it's not acted upon. Amen. You've got to act on the word either by speaking it, letting it uh, show you what thing you need to do in order to to see that word manifest and see it fulfilled. Amen. There must be action put to the word in order for it to have its maximum impact in your life. So in this scripture, this, the, the psalmist is saying this word is bringing him comfort. Why? Because he believes it. Amen. It's not just something to say. And so he believes that word and that is his comfort in his affliction. His word, that word is giving him life. It preserves his life, keeps him from stumbling, uh, brings health and healing and wholeness, all of that. Ideas that are not 
spoken or acted upon will die unfulfilled. Amen. And it's a good thing for us. It's a, it really is a safeguard that everything that we think doesn't happen. I mean, think if, if that were true. You couldn't have a wrong thought because you'd be in trouble for what you're thinking. And so God respects us by giving us laws of faith. And laws of faith said you must confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart. And then later on, you must act upon it. There's a, a corresponding action that you do that will put bring your faith to its completion. It will cause it to manifest. For instance, if I, I pray and ask God for uh, uh, a new car or whatever it is that I need, I can sit and wish for it all day long. Amen. But if I never pray and I never ask him and never believe it's already given to me, I will never get it. Now think how frustrating a life that is to sit up and think about stuff all day long and wish for it and want it and all of that. But that's the way many, many Christians live. They're, they're wanting things. Uh, they even go get a prophecy to prove that they can have it, but they never believe it in their hearts and never act on it. Amen. So if it's like all these young people say they want to be married, they're not praying. I guarantee you they ain't praying. Because I can look at several prospects around town and say, hey, that one might be pretty good for so-and-so. And it's, I mean, I'm trying to help the process. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to keep that going on, doing my little bit for it. Amen. And most are, are thinking, you see, when, so when you don't put it to prayer and you don't put it to faith, and you don't believe it's going to happen, if you don't go beyond just wishing and hoping and thinking about it all the time, you'll live a very frustrated life. And then you'll try to make up some reason for why it hasn't happened for you yet. Well, the reason it hasn't happened is you haven't done anything to make it happen. Amen? You pray. You believe God. You expect. That's what faith does. Amen? And then if there's another corresponding action to that, then you do that. You do what God, there are steps in this process that will bring every single thing you desire into your life. But if your hope is deferred because you don't put faith with it, the Bible says it makes your heart sick. So we got a lot of heart sick, lonely people. Now listen, I'm going to go get in the bathroom. I don't have to put up with this out of y'all. Sitting up here trying to, to solve problems for people and they treat me like, you know what I'm saying, sister? They can't do this to me. It ain't legal. Y'all can't do this to me. So you made me get up and walk and preach. You in trouble when I do that. I've been sitting. I've been a good girl. <laughs> the old prophetess has been awakened. But y'all gonna stop that wishing and hoping stuff and start getting into faith. Amen. We got weddings we haven't performed yet. We got babies we got to baptize and everything. All that, y'all holding up progress with this not using your faith. And see, what what people do is they, they never move beyond the wish, the hope, the want. They never move it into the realm of faith. Amen. And it's so easy to do. All you got to do is confess it out of your mouth. Get up every morning and say, God, I thank you for this invisible husband of mine or invisible wife of mine, my invisible children. 
Huh? Nobody but you and God. Nobody can criticize you. Nobody can tell you, you, that's silly. You ain't getting nobody like that. Well, you ain't got nobody either. What you doing? Let me do some of the nothing that you're doing. You understand what I'm saying? know how I got on that but anyway it brought Chuck out of the office she didn't got interested she got interested in the message all of a sudden <laughs> so let me go take me some notes uh, but it's the truth you know people know how to get what they want from God listen we all been there where we couldn't pay a bill and all that kind of stuff and it miraculously he opened a door for that. It's the same thing with everything else you want. Every It's the same principle with everything else you desire. But you're going to have to believe that word. You're going to have to put that word into operation. You're going to, And you are going to have to fight the frustration that comes with doubt and unbelief. Because they are going to attack your brain. Amen? They'll attack every word that you put out there that God gives you for your good. So just be ready for it. Be ready to defend your prayer. Be ready to defend God's word to yourself. Amen? And God, I'm going to get this. You told me you were gonna, I was going to get it. It's got nothing to do with me. Amen? But it's got everything to do with you, and I'm believing you. In spite of what everybody is telling me I shouldn't do, I'm believing you. Amen. And let it be settled like that. Let it be settled in heaven. Let everything we desire from God be settled in the throne room of heaven. Amen. At his, at his throne of mercy. He's merciful to us. Who told you you had to learn how to pray a perfect prayer in order for God to hear you? Amen. I, I've been praying for, for many years and I don't know if mine are perfected yet. They still a little raggedy as far as I'm concerned, but they work. They bring in what I need. Amen. So, so you, you, God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for obedience. Amen. People obey the best way they can. You don't need all of this exotic stuff. You just need to believe God, not you, God. Amen. Put the makeup away, put the this away, put the that away, and believe God. Amen. We do add too many things on to it. You can be looking rough and get a good husband. Amen. <laughs> they just get your attention. He get he got his attention some kind of way. You don't care what it takes. You got me? I'm scared of people. What do you think this is? This ain't the Miss America pageant. This is the kingdom of heaven. And we ain't going to talk about these pageants because you don't know if half of them are men or women in these pageants. So let's let's chill. We ain't going by looks here. We're going by <laughs> our inner beauty. <laughs> you know, people, when when they listen to God, they listen to God, folks. They're not looking at the outside so much. Amen? And thank God for that, or we'd all have something to be criticized about. Amen. Amen. So God wants us to to believe him and put our faith in motion by our words and by our actions. Your first step in releasing your faith is your confession. If you turn to Romans 10, that's our our instruction for how to put it into operation. 
says, <clears throat> verse 6, the righteousness, which is of faith, speaks like this. Now, righteous faith is what God hears. This will get your answer for you. The righteousness, which is of faith. When you believe God, that makes you righteous. Now, your good behavior, your giving, your tithing, your doing good works, that's all well wonderful. But that does not make you righteous before God. You can do good works and not believe the word. Amen. You're trying to come into to grace through the back door. But through the front door, you've got to believe God's word. That's a standard throughout the word of God. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Everybody that came up to Jesus and got healed believed that was the first thing he found out from them. Do you believe I can do this? Amen. Or what is it you want me to do for you? And he could tell if they were asking in faith or not. Amen. So he's got to have our faith in order for him to have something to work with. You've got to believe God's word. Amen. How do you believe it? In your heart. You believe it by hearing it. You hear it and you begin to understand it. You're not trying to mimic or imitate somebody that you think knows God. Amen. You got it inside for yourself. That's what God wants from us. So it says, it speaks like this. Say not within your heart, who shall go? Who shall do this? How will this work? In other words, don't have doubting questions inside of your heart. That's not the righteous faith. Righteous faith says, I believe. That's all it says. I believe this word. I believe that by Jesus, I believe when he went to the cross, it paid for everything. I believe that he's already given this to me. I believe that I have a green light to go ahead and take this job promotion. I believe that God will put me in business so that I can take care of myself and my family and have more besides. I believe. So you must have heard God's word enough for it to get rich in your heart and settled in your heart to where you believe it. And then when you open your mouth, you begin to speak what you believe. Everybody out of their mouth is speaking something. There's something about believing inside of what we all say. Amen. Or you wouldn't say it. Crazy people just grab ideas and say them anyway. Amen. But people who are, are in, in, in God's presence, you want to always have believing in your heart you can't go doubting if you go doubting though god's mercy will help you he'll straighten you out and help you to believe amen he'll start to correct you and show you things where where it's not it's not quite the way it's supposed to you know you 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 got to please god with your faith folks and it's possible to please him he's not asking us to do things that we can't do if you you believe believing really is a choice You just put down one thought and pick up another one. So that's pretty much believing. And so, but, but in, in, in faith believing, it's the meditation in your heart that allows God to do what, what you need Him to do for you in your life. And it says here, the word is near you. The word you need to speak is very near you. You don't have to wait for Jesus to go anywhere and come down and go and do anything. You can do this yourself is what the scripture is saying. You can activate 
the the blessings in your life. You can activate goodness in your life. You can act in, activate anything you need to in your life by speaking what's in your heart. The word is near you. Amen. The best way to get the word in your heart is through thinking on it all the time. Meditate on it. Keep it. You want to. Why? Because it sounds good to you. You want to see it happen in your life. You know, it's not hard to do. You just find yourself a nice scripture that that really ministers to you, that really helps you. That's God telling you, you need to get this. This is what's what I'm doing in your life right now, and this is the word that's going to help you. It's like, you know, uh, if if it's time for dessert, you don't go in the vegetable department in the in the in the uh, store. You know, you go wherever you go to get dessert. You know what I'm saying? But you got to shop in the right realm to get the, what you need done. So if you need to be healed, get you some healing scriptures. There are many people that when they first start to, to read about, about healing, they, it, it totally turned them off because they couldn't understand God healing people. Then why are people sick? You know, all that stuff, the paces the devil puts you through when you first start to try and believe God. And so all of those questions will come up in your mind, but you know, God will answer every single one of them. He will, he is very merciful. He will help you and see it's only through meditating and thinking about it and thinking it through that you can get those questions answered. And then you come to a uh, realization, you know, I do believe this, this, this makes sense to me. You know, this is something that, that I can really trust God in. And, and this is how it works. You start getting the word in your heart. You hide it in your heart is what Proverbs tells us. Why? So that we don't sin against God. So we don't get into unbelief. So that we're not um, uh, uh, making mistakes in life. We're not missing God. You hide it in your heart so that you can do what the word says to do. God wants us to do things from the inside. He doesn't want us just to do them. Because we see other people do them or we're going to see if he likes it or not. We're not on tryouts. We're here to accomplish what God has for us. And this is how, this is how you transform. This is how you change. You renew your mind with the word of God and you start doing the word. And pretty soon that's all you believe and that's all you do. Even in the difficult things, even when you're challenged, you've got to do the word. It's already in you. Amen. It's in you to do. Uh, what, what most people do oftentimes is that we talk ourselves out of doing what's in there. Cause what's in there sounds a little weird to us sometimes. Sounds strange. Sounds like I can't do that. That's God. Say that and, and believe it'll happen because he's doing the things you can't do. If it was something you could do, you wouldn't need him. There's always an element of I can't do it on whatever it is that God has for us. It's impossible for us or we wouldn't need him. Amen. And we wouldn't ask him. Now, many times people say, I wish I had so and so money. You quit coming to church. That's why you don't Seriously. God would rather have you broke and go to heaven than to get you crazy out there. Amen. Well, let's get real here. How are you going to get it anyway unless you stick somebody up, you know? If you're, if you're earning money, it takes a while for that to accumulate, as we all know. Amen. So he says here, 
But what does it say? How does faith sound? How do you get your faith to work for you? How do you get the word to work for you? He said, the word is near you. It's even in your mouth and in your heart. It's got to be in two places, not just your mouth. Amen. You know how some people are. They just run their mouth all the time bragging about this and I got this and I got, you ain't got nothing. You understand what I'm saying? Because, because talk is so cheap. You can say it without your heart being engaged. See, if you had it in the heart, you'd be careful about telling people what you what you got you understand what i'm saying you don't go around bragging about all your stuff if you really got something that's a sure sign that brother is broke i said broke b-r-o-k-e broke isn't that right brother they be broke especially when they be bragging amen they trying to get some woman to believe him, follow him somewhere, and then that's when you find out he ain't got nothing after you follow him somewhere. I'm telling you right now, save you some time and trouble. That brother bragging in front of a woman, he broke. Men don't tell women nothing when they got something. Are you kidding me? I've tried the torture chamber. I've tried. To... All right. I gave that up. I gave that up for better things. But um, you know what I'm saying. There's no faith in that. they just talking. Amen? Just pay no attention to that. It's like, you know, when little babies start, nobody pays attention. Keep going. Get some words and we'll come back. You'll find out. Well, the mom will stay there and they can figure out everything. What did he just say? And he wants, wants to, how did you get that from that conversation? You understand what I'm saying? We just, we sisters don't have that much time to work that hard. These brothers be talking stuff. Figure that out. Come back when you got something to say. So if you shall confess with your mouth whatever Jesus says to you as Lord of your life, that's what they call the rhema word. Amen. That word that is in your heart. You have have it in there and you really believe it. You believe that God is going to do the things that he says he's going to do. And he's going to do them for you. You've got to believe all of that. got to believe it's for you. You just can't believe, well, I believe God will do anything. Yeah, but is he going to do Is it coming to your house? Is it going to be parked in your garage? Amen. Is it going to get in your bank account? That's what you got to believe. You got to believe he'll do it and it's for you. Amen. And he says, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Now we take that for a, a born again experience and it is right for that. But it is a principle for how everything in God's kingdom works. So this is how you get in the door of the kingdom. But after you get in the door of the kingdom, this principle works with everything else you need. And so don't forget the law that got you saved once you are saved. Because going to heaven isn't all there is. You're going to be here, some of us, many, many years before we get get to that salvation or get to that getting into heaven. And then we find out that this law works for everything else that we need in life. Everything else that God promises us comes through this, what they call the law of faith. This is the law of faith. You must confess with your mouth 
what you believe in your heart, and then you have it. You have it at the time you confess it. You have it at the time you pray. So when you get finished dealing with God and you prayed your prayers, you got to believe that he gave it to you while you were there speaking or while you were there praying. You already have it. Amen. To believe that it's coming is not quite faith. Amen. Because faith believes it's already done. Faith believes it's in the now. There is nothing God has to do to make it happen for you. You got to do that. You got to believe that it's done already. Amen. So when you start, when you move into the law of faith, you start speaking on God's level and you start speaking his language. His language is not, I'm a I'm going to give it to you. I'm a, you know, ain't you had enough people tell you that and never performed anything? Why would he keep us on that level? I mean, he has to put us on a higher level so we can get it from him. He's got to change some laws that we've been living by. You hear so many things go in your ear and out. Well, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do that. And most people never do half of what they say they're going to do. They're hoping they can do it. They're they're trying to convince themselves. It's all kind of stuff, conversation going on out here. People are trying to convince themselves that they can do things. So they talk. Talk it to death. You better not believe in people start getting involved with them. You need to start living by faith. What what you want from God, you get from God. He doesn't have some some anybody come up and promise you something, you go run off with them. Amen. Or give him your money or, or put your confidence in him or anything like that. He will speak to you from your heart. Amen. I, I used to say this. I don't like surprises and I really don't. I'd like to have worked that out with God ahead of time. So I know what's going, you know what I'm saying? Because there's all kinds of ways people have out here to deceive you and to get you on the wrong track. If you listen to what's just in your ears. You have to get what you get from God from your heart. Amen. And anybody who respects you will give you the time to pray about something. Consider it. Get understanding of it. And then move on it. Amen. Don't don't ever be hasty in anything and don't get rushed. And so this is how God works. He works through the law of faith. It's an inward activity of the word of God. That's why that word brings you comfort in your affliction when it's in your heart and nobody, people who are patting you on the back and consoling you and telling you it's going to be all right, that don't work for you. What works for you is what God puts on the inside of you. Amen. Or if somebody says something to you and it witnesses on the end, that's the comfort in your affliction that God will give to you. That's why I don't try to tell people. You see people with, uh, on Facebook that say so-and-so passed away. I don't say anything to them people because there's nothing you can say to comfort them. You understand me? We can say all kind of little cute things and, yeah, you know, you know, if I know them, I'll, I'll tell them I'm sorry to hear that or something like, and I'm praying for you. And that's it. You don't tell them, well, that happened to me. And so that don't help people. Come on, y'all. God has to go deeper than our little superficial words, you know, trying to cheer people up and, you know, be strong. And I, no, no, uh-uh. I ain't going to be nothing. I ain't feeling strong, right? And I don't have to do it because you're trying to make me. 
You understand what I'm saying? That's how people who are grieving feel. There's nothing that can console them. Nothing that can help them. You know, um, you know, people, the good church, you ever been around the solid, older, good church people? I like what they do when there's, there's a death in the family, a bereavement. You know, they'll send one of the older saints around. It can be a woman or a man. They'll send them around and they come and sit. They find a place in that home to sit and just be there. They don't say anything. They don't, you know, hug you, what, you know, all that. They don't entertain you. That's not what, but they are there to give presence to the comfort of God, to be a present person, to show you that God is present. Amen. And, and, you know, some of them will be, you know, put in there, you know, go in the kitchen and start, uh, you know, helping with food or something like that. But they come back and they sit so that the bereaved understands they are not alone. And that's, that's what's needed. You know, people have wisdom, know how to put those things in and how to do them at the right time. And, and I appreciate that. There's, you know, we've lost a lot of traditions, you know, us little modern church people and all that. But a lot of those traditions are good. You look at them and see some, some wisdom to them and see some comfort and some help to them. And, and it's a good thing. It really, really is. And so God's word has to be activated by our confession, our believing confession. Amen. You cannot confess anything into existence. You can't speak it. It's got to exist already. Amen. When you confess something, you're you're really trying to build up your own faith. I can tell you what you do with your confession. Say after God is, you know, you prayed and you're assured that God has given something to you and you feel led to just keep speaking about it or keep thanking God for it. You have to put it in motion some kind of way. You're keeping it alive so that you don't lose confidence that it's coming. You're not trying to impress God He's not going to get it faster to you because you confessed it more. Amen. Now that may happen as a secondary thing to your faith getting stronger by hearing it again. So what you're doing is you're strengthening your faith through your hearing. You confess it so that you can hear it and that gives you more peace, that gives you more strength, that encourages you more that God is working on it. It isn't here yet. I can't see it here. I can't see it yet, but I know I have it. That's what your confession does. It has to continue to reinforce that it's yours. Not that you don't know where it is. You understand what I'm saying? I think that's the worst thing to do sometimes. God, where's my stuff? Where is it? You know where it is. Amen. It's in a place called glory. Amen. Just because you can't see it in the natural doesn't mean that you don't possess it. Amen. You have heaven on the inside of you. You don't see that. But you're willing to pray and believe that God's going to do things for you. How do you do that? You know you have heaven on the, there's a sense that you have something else in you that's a good place, a good thing. It's got, there's riches in you. There's all kinds of stuff in you. Amen. I remember a woman many years ago, um, I'm trying to think, I think that, remember Burl Witten? Yeah, yeah, she's a prophetess. 
and uh she she was talking to me one time and she said she said you know what god did for me one time she said he told me he said he said daughter let me show you your insides and she said she saw a wall of nothing but jewels and diamonds and she said it was glistening she said you could she said it was just he said this is your inside she had treasure it, you know it's scriptural amen and that blew my mind for i said why would he do that why would you know that messed my little head up my little beginning christian head up and and uh and it's true we have this treasure in earthen vessels if there's treasure in you it that's real if god says there's treasure He's talking about something real, folks. He's not talking about just a metaphor of, you know, you, you've got something in you that's valuable. No, it's it's real. And and I always remember that. I would think on that often, you know, off and on. And I say, God, we have treasure. We really do have treasure on the inside of us. So why do we think poor? Why do we think, you know, focused on the outside is all we think. You know, you get a bank statement. I don't open mine real fast. That's like the on the bottom of the pile. Amen. And not that I don't know what's in there, but who wants to see that? You know, you get your rap sheet for the month. And I thought, now, why did I spend that money? That, that ain't me. Somebody took my car. You know what I'm saying? It's like... Why would I want to put myself through all of that? You know, I know it's all true. It's, they never make mistakes on mine. And some people say they make mistakes on their statement, but I never get no mistakes. It's all true. Amen. And it's all short of what I want it to be. It's never up in them numbers like I like it, you know. And so, so, <laughs> but anyway, but God wants us to, to, to reflect What's on the inside of us? He wants your thinking to reflect that. He wants your, uh, your believing to reflect that. There's treasure in there. There's wealth in there. Abundance is inside of you. The kingdom is inside of you. How do we release it? By believing it's in there, number one. And, and then confessing with our mouth that we have it. Amen. God, I thank you that I have that thing I've been praying about. I, I I wasn't sure about it for a minute, but but I'm pretty much and see this is what what meditation does. It takes you from from not having something to be reassured it's yours. You have it already, Amen. And and just keep thanking God for it until it gets here in the natural, till it walks in the door, till it lands in your bank account, till whatever it is that you desire from God, you keep thanking him for it until it, what we call manifests in the natural. It will show up in the natural. Amen. Just because God, God's word operates that way. So the law of faith activates the word of God for us. It puts the word in motion. And it causes us to possess in the natural realm that which God has already given us in the spirit. Amen. And it says here in verse 10, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness. Not your good works, not your giving, not your this, that, and the other. With your heart you believe unto righteousness. If you do your work, good works, and you don't believe God's word, is not going to avail you anything. He won't let anybody buy their way into a blessing. He won't you. You got to believe your way. Amen. 
and most people when you when you tell people well you gotta you gotta pray and you gotta believe oh boy you know that this you know they don't say it necessarily but they get that sinking you know like it's gonna take a long time oh i'm gonna get that from god he's so tidy little figures all squeezed up keeping my stuff god is not against you he's already given it to you the devil's telling you he's stingy why because the devil's broke And homeless and dispossessed. Amen. He says, with the heart, man believes and God calls you righteous when you believe. You believe that scripture, you're righteous. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation or the blessing or the gift. Uh, the, the confession is made unto whatever it is that you desire from God. So this is why you confess, is to reiterate to God that you believe him. That's all your confession does. It repeats to God that you believe him. God, I thank you for, for my new car. I thank you, Lord, that, that this car I have, when I say new car, I mean the one I'm driving is new. Barb, don't be so cold. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why would I let something I'm using deteriorate and discard it for what I think is something better? Well, you have the kingdom. You have the ability to renew and restore anything on the inside of you. Amen? Your words will do it. Your faith will do it. Amen? I was, I had, I had some leaks in my, uh, my car and, and, uh, oil leaks. And, uh, I went and paid and had them fixed. And when I, it seemed like the thing was still leaking, you know? And I was sitting there in, in the, in my truck and I told the Lord, I said, you know what, God? I said, you can fix this. I said, now I paid to have man do it. I said, but I'm going to start saving my money. Because you can fix these leaks. God, you know how to do everything. There's nothing too hard for you. And and I was running to, it was, you know, I was getting oil put back in there. And, and you know, like on a monthly basis, that oil, add engine oil, low, add engine oil. You know, it was like I would get up and look at that dash. I said, don't tell me, let me guess. <laughs> you know, you just get at it. it God's like, okay, calm down, calm down, sister, you know, and, and so I was thinking about that the other day, and I said, Lord, you fix those leaks, because I haven't put oil in it, it's been like six months, and I was able to wait until my oil change date to get everything done, and it, the thing didn't go off, it, it went off when it was time to get the oil change done, you understand what I'm saying? The same thing, I've got a tire front tire was was kind of low and you know you go buy new tires and they give you this rig oh well you got rust on your rim i said well get it off you know do i look like i work here what you telling me for rust on my my rim i got off as much as i oh yeah you look like the type that would work real hard to you understand what I'm saying? You know they ain't done much of nothing. So, okay, so that little evil report gets planted in your head. 
you know, and you think, well, I'm going to have to keep putting air in this thing. And, and then I looked up, it's been like four months and I haven't added air in there. Now, now I got me an air pump. Now, don't, don't play the girl cheap. If I could figure out how to plug it up. <laughs> Without yanking it, you know, you drag it to get it to the tire and it comes out of the socket. No, it is whatever. God knows I ain't for that a lot. You know what I'm saying? She ain't going to do that in a whole lot. And so I just figured, you know, well, God, I just give this whole vehicle to you. It's dedicated to him anyway. I do what he tells me. I don't go nowhere. I don't go shopping, hopping, and stopping. You understand what I'm saying? I just do what God tells me to do. But but it's been that way for a long time. People, first thing they think, she oh, she ain't going to go nowhere, no way. Oh, don't play the girl cheap. I can do a lot of damage online. So that's my new, that's my new vice. But you know what I'm saying. It's just, you know, come home and, and chill and see what God says, you know. But I have noticed that 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 tire and i was going i was with the little gauge and everything you know how you measure what you need and then i didn't know how much air to put in there you know so i had to read the door it's right there on the door of the car you know what i'm saying there it is okay how much, how much is that and and putting it in i haven't had to do that in months and i was doing it like once a month every time i looked up that thing would go down low why? God's word, faith in God's word. And you know, sometimes we forget the little things that God can do to help your life. And and I'm always looking for things to believe God for so my faith doesn't go idle. I hate it when your faith isn't what it used to be or you know what I'm saying. You got to dig deep to get an answer and all. I don't like living like that. And so these things are things that I can stay engaged in God in and your faith is preserving those things. Your your faith in God's word is holding all of that together because he wants us to live by faith. I know that's a delight to God when we trust him in these things. Amen. And that helps me. I don't have to. This car is not a problem to me. So I keep calling it new. I keep calling it perfected. I keep calling it whatever I need it to be. I use my faith out of my mouth that's in my heart that God will do these things. Start using your mouth to bless what you have and quit looking for something better and criticizing everything and wanting this and wanting that. Amen. You don't lack anything. Do you realize what you're saying when you say, I want so-and-so? You won't know what that word want means. It means you lack that. You don't lack anything. You got everything. You got God, you got everything. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, why do you keep saying you want something? Pastor Bob, watch your mouth. Now, when you were sinner, broken, poor, you lacked. You you could say, I want so-and-so. Because you had no means to get it. Amen. Didn't have it and didn't know where it was coming from or if it was coming. We don't live like that now. You have treasure inside of you. You have wealth. You have the kingdom inside of you. You need to start releasing it. How do I release it? 
Confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart. What do you really believe? You really believe you don't have something just because you can't see it? It's the biggest lie the devil's ever told, man. Amen. Especially if you're born again. You have treasure on the, the kingdom is within you. What you need. Order it. Start confessing it. Start thanking God for it. Start believing it's coming. Amen. I don't see it. I don't need to see it, but I know it's coming because I sent for it with my confession. Amen. That's, that's better than the door dash. I didn't know they just leave your stuff in front of your door and run off. Oh my goodness. Suppose I wanted to leave a hefty, suppose I wanted to leave a hefty tip. You leave it to invisible thin air, I guess, so whatever. So anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's coming. It's here and it's coming. See, we, we get to live both ways. See, it's here in me, in the spirit, and it's coming in the natural. So you got two ways that your, your, your blessings are arriving. That you never know when they're going to get here. See, that's the excitement of it all. You know, instead of worrying and moping and wringing your hands and wondering and crying and begging, Oh no, it ain't going to come because I cussed somebody yesterday. Well, you cuss somebody all the time and God's still taking care of you. We know your rap sheet. Why you pick that one cuss out and think that's going to hold up something? You, you know what I'm saying? Come on, y'all. If God's mercy wasn't weren't over us, period, just think of it this way. If you save, you cuss a lot less now than you ever did. Or should. <laughs> Man, pat yourself on the back for that. You know, sometimes you need to thank God that you didn't go off on people. You know, because people can do some crazy mean things to you. Lord, I thank you. It wasn't worse than, oh, they didn't wake up yet? Ooh. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Thank you. It wasn't worse than it was. not worse than what it was. You know what I'm saying? Come on, y'all. He's not, he's not looking for perfection. He's looking for righteousness. I'll say it again. You know, people, some people act like they don't know the difference. I said, he's not looking for perfection. He's looking for righteousness. You believe him. He knows your frame like David said, Lord, you know I'm just dust. Amen. Down here breathing every day, doing the best I can, but <laughs> I'm dust on the inside. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, and this is the truth. Amen. Don't don't put yourself on such a a high performance schedule for God to bless you. If we would really look sometime and realize how we got over, what's this song? <laughs> right, my soul look back and wonder how I got over. Right, do that sometimes. Amen. Instead of trying to pat yourself on the back because God blessed you with something, get real. Praise God. You know, all these preachers, I don't criticize preachers and what they possess and, you know, but they, you know, people tend to look up to people because they got material wealth. 
And do you realize that's chump change compared to what God, the wealth God really has? What I mean, what's really inside of us? And, and just to show you how little value it is of, you let a strong wind come by and see what happens to that mansion. Yeah. So let's just face facts. If you're not working on what's on the inside, you're missing the whole point. The riches are, are within you and within me and within every child of God. So it says here, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation or unto the blessing, deliverance, your health, whatever. Confession is made unto that, toward that. It counts toward that. For the scripture says, whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. In other words, you won't be disappointed at the end. This is what, what the devil gets people on. If you healed, how come you steal this? Or how come you steal that? And devil, if you, you supposed to be in hell, how come you still here in my face trying to talk me out of something God's already given me? Do you understand me? Just send him away. You don't listen to stuff like that. Don't ever try to justify why something you're believing God for is not visible. And don't you ever wonder where it is. Because if you have peace inside of you, you have a confirmation that God has already given it to you. See, there's nothing else to do. There's nothing else to pray. You can ask God and and see, God, you know, am I missing it? It's been a while. Am I missing something? You know, pretty soon he'll lead you into that missing thing. You know, if there is something missing, there's always growth that we're doing as far as the things of God is concerned. That woman that, that Norval Hayes gave that testimony about that woman that prayed for, uh, had the daughter that was born with all those deformities and she could only, uh, I, I think, well, I know she was crippled. She couldn't walk. She had, uh, it, her body was kind of deformed and, and, and all of that. She could only eat liquid food and they said through a straw and her mouth wasn't even straight. I mean, they had to find a little uh, hole between her jagged teeth to push that straw so that she could drink her liquid sustenance. And her mother thanked God every day and prayed every day. Uh, Jesus is going to come to our house and, and heal you. He's going to come to our house and, and make you normal, just like a normal girl. And, and she would tell everybody that. And, and the husband just would, people would say, well, your wife says Jesus. He's, oh yeah, she crazy. I don't pay. I don't, I don't mess with her. I just leave her alone. Let her, you know, do what she's doing because there was faith there. Amen. That faith kept everybody at a distance. Nobody challenged her. And if they did challenge her, they'd say, do you really believe he's going to, I know he's going to do it. See, that shut everything down. And she said that one day they were sitting and, and I think it was the little girl had told her, she said, well, mama, if when I get healed, I want to go to church. Why don't you buy me a dress? She bought a dress and hung it up where the little girl could see it. And that was her act of faith. See, faith without works is dead. So that faith needed a little help so that that little girl could get in and believe it too. And she put that dress up there and, 
and she would look at it, my mom, if one day you really believe I'm this going, I know it's going to happen. Jesus is going to come here and he's going to heal you. And one day she said that the little cloud came in and floated in the room and settled in the middle of the room and Jesus stepped out of that cloud. And you know what he told her? He said, I am here for your faith. Because of your faith, I am here. And he told her, he said, your faith pleases me. That's why I've come. And then he told her this. He said, as a matter of fact, he said, your faith has pleased me for many years now. Just so people don't think God's been withholding and being mean and why'd he make me go through all these years? He said, oh no, your faith pleased me years ago. He said, but I waited. Number one, now when God waits, in, if his faith pleased this woman down here, he waited to years later over here. Why'd he do that? Because he knew he could trust her to stay in faith. The day he felt she was going to quit, he'd have manifested. That's mercy. You understand what I'm saying? But he knew she would stay in faith until the right time. People think there's not a time for a miracle. There is a time. He said, I waited because I want her to go around the world now and give her testimony. She's old enough where I can trust her to go around the world and give her testimony. Children testimonies don't go too far. Did you know that? Miracle testimonies don't go too far because people are not faithful sometimes when God gives them something to understand it's not only for them. Yeah, he wants you healed. And yeah, you need to focus on you getting what you need from God when you need it. But then there is a place where God wants that testimony given. We just studied about the Gadarene demoniac, the demon-possessed man, and he wanted to follow Jesus. Didn't Jesus get every, didn't Jesus tell everybody, follow me? Amen? And he told this man, no. He said, you're going to be more useful to me if you go and tell everybody that you ain't crazy no more, and that I'm the one who healed you, and that the Redeemer is here. Amen? And, and, and he, Jesus knew he could get more, more fruit out of this one man's testimony than he could if that man followed him and maybe departed from him. You know, the disciples had a tough road to go yet. This man got some, some fruit in his life before it, it was beyond time for him to do that. And so there is a time for release of your miracle. Don't think you got to wait for everything. But if there's waiting involved, it's because God has set it up for a certain time. And that time will tell. See, that time will show what every man's work is. Amen. And so believe God for what his word says. That Those things are already given to us, Lord, uh, people. Because if you if they weren't given already, you couldn't confess it as real at the time that you confess it. If it weren't, if salvation weren't already given to you, you couldn't confess and accept Jesus as your Savior and know you're saved. If heaven's not belonging to you, you couldn't do any of those things. So these things are already given in God's blood covenant with us. It's real. 
And But we've got to put ourselves on God's wavelength. We've got to talk heaven's language. We've got to speak those things that be not as though they are because they are in the realm of the spirit. They are not in the realm of the natural. But if you never acknowledge what's out there in the spirit, it won't manifest in the natural. Amen? All right, why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. We thank you for goodness and mercy that cause your word to manifest. Thank you, Lord. Your word preserves our life. Just like Joshua and Caleb, we will live another 40, another 80, another 120, whatever it is, because as long as we're believing you, we're going to get there. So, Lord, we thank you. We honor you. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen.